Come on, you. It's thinking about it. Okay, it says we're live. Okay. Heath, or sometimes Heath. <laughs> Tent wall, outside, divide, half. You are my portion, O Lord. I have promised to obey your words. I have sought your face with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promise. I have considered my ways and have turned my steps to your statutes. I will hasten and not delay to obey your commands. Though the wicked blind me with bind me with ropes, I will not forget your law. At midnight I rise and give you thanks for your righteous laws. I am a friend of all who fear you, to all who follow your precepts. The earth is filled with your love. Oh Lord, teach me your decrees. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we did that one last week too, because I I moved my thing one forward. So, yeah. Well, I I I think she didn't change it here. That's right. what I think. So, but it doesn't matter. We can hear it twice in a row. It doesn't we matter can. at all. Question though, the um, the uh, Hebrew letter. Yeah. Isn't that pi? Um, no. It's not. But it okay. looks like pi. It sure does. I'm telling you. Pi is in the refrigerator. Um, okay, we are on December 22nd today. <clears throat> this is entitled, He Preached for Only One Year. <coughs> Excuse me. Hugh McHale was licensed to preach by the Church of Scotland in 1661 at the age of 20 and preached his last public sermon at the age of 21. In it, he said, The scripture doth abundantly evidence that the people of God have been persecuted sometimes by a pharaoh on the throne, sometimes by a Haman or Haman in the state, and sometimes by a Judas in the church. The pharaohs, Hamans, and Judases of Scotland hounded Hugh McHale to his death at the age of 26. McHale, who studied at the University of Edinburgh, was a scholarly young minister. He was a covenanter, a group committed to preserving Presbyterianism and opposing any governmental control over the church. Pitted against the Covenanters was King Charles II, who came to the throne of England in 1660, was intent on destroying the Presbyterian Church in Scotland by requiring adherence to the Church of England, which he was the head. After four years of hiding from the intense persecution, Hugh McHale was already dying of tuberculosis by the time he was captured in 1666. Taken before the tribunal in Edinburgh, McHale revealed nothing regarding the Covenanters. He was then subjected to a form of torture called the boot, in which one of his legs was literally crushed. Miraculously stoic, he breathed no word of betrayal against his Covenanters. As soon as McHale's inquisitors considered him well enough recovered, they held another hearing. Refusing to plead guilty to rebellion against the crown, McHale was sentenced to death by hanging. Hearing a sentence, Mikhail replied, The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Back in a cell, he said to a friend, Oh, how good news to be within four days' journey to enjoy the sight of Jesus Christ. Hugh Mikhail was led out to the scaffold at 2 o'clock in the afternoon on December 22, 1666. Climbing the ladder to the scaffold, dragging his mangled leg, he called down to those to be hanged after him. Friends and fellow sufferers, do not be afraid. Every step of this ladder is a degree nearer heaven. Then, with the rope around his neck, he turned and addressed the crowd. This is my comfort. I know that my Redeemer liveth. And now I do willingly lay down my life for the truth and cause of God. 
the covenants and work of reformation which were once counted the glory of this nation and it is for endeavoring to defend this that I embrace this rope and that you may know what the ground of my encouragement in this work is. I shall read to you the last chapter of the Bible. After reading from Revelation, excuse me, Revelation 22, his closing words were, Here you see the glory that is to be revealed on me, a pure river of water of life, and here you see my access to the glory and reward. Let him who is a thirst come, and here you see my welcome. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come. I ascend to my Father and to your Father, to my God and your God, to my King and your King, to the blessed apostles and martyrs and the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the great assembly of the firstborn, to God the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant. And I bid you all farewell, for God will be more comfortable to you than I could be. And he will now be more refreshing to me than you can be. Farewell, farewell in the Lord. Can you imagine what it would be like to be tortured by inquisitors trying to obtain the names of your fellow Christians so that they in turn could be tortured? Hugh McHale had his leg crushed but refused to betray his Christian friends. How do you think he was able to endure the torture? 2 Timothy 2, I am willing to endure anything if it will be bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those whom to those God has chosen. This is a true saying. If we die with him, we will also live with him. If we endure hardship, we will reign with him. I'm not entirely sure I could endure that type of pain. Just not sure about it. Okay, got a couple things. I guess first I'll read you this to consider. Um, <clears throat> Uh, this went out from Joel and Missy Davis, and, and I'll read this again Sunday. Uh, they're in Washington State. He is a great father, husband, and uh, missionary pilot. He trains other missionary pilots. He was in the mission field in the Philippines, and now he is a trainer of these people. It's a very particular specialty. Not many people in the world have it. Um, and he's a great guy. Um, they sent this out. Um, we just wanted to say... Uh, about a few needs that we have coming up recently in case you are able to support our family in this way. Our furnace died when we turned it over on this winter. Not only did it die, but it was condemned. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, we had insurance that covered a lot of the expense, but we were left with this chunk, $900. Uh, 3075 We had some medical things come up this year, and due to the nature of the insurance, we paid this amount out of our pocket. So they were at $39.75. Uh, it's expensive to have a senior. I was able to take her on a college visit recently, which was incredibly helpful, $1,000. So they're at $4,975. And the girls have an opportunity to go to school music department trip this year, which we would love for them, but we don't have the ability to help. $1,100, so they're at uh, $5,975, I believe. I may have added that wrong. Um, uh, they got a year-end gift from me. I told them that now that they've sent this out to their supporters to let me know at the end of January if people have not helped with this, and I will return to this uh, with the church. But uh, if anybody wants to help them, they're great people. They are way underfunded. I know that. Um, and uh, so if you can help them and you would like to help them, Joel and Missy Davis, send me an email, and I will tell you how you can help them out. Um, we also have some prayer requests. 
Um, I need to remember to read that Sunday. Uh, let's see here. Samuel in Wisconsin, who's probably pretty cold right now. He's looking for prayer for the storm coming Thursday, which is right now till Saturday, for protection, continued power, and so on. That's the young man that's in high school, and I'm praying for all him and his family. He's the one uh, looking for what to get into. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Justin is doing okay. He's the boy that had the kidney surgery. I had thought maybe he had died. I heard uh, uh, last Saturday, I think he was doing okay. Praise God for that. But he has good days and bad. Um, sometimes he cannot keep his anti-rejection pill down. His body rejects it. And so uh, he's struggling. He needs prayer there. More than anything, his mother says he needs Jesus. So we, I told uh, the lady that sends me these emails to have him email me and I'll get talking with him. I didn't realize that. She may have told me, but I was so concerned about his, uh, uh, you know, he was incapacitated. So now at least he's to the point where he can talk about Jesus. So uh, Bonnie needs strength. That's his mother. She's obviously going through a great deal. So uh, Justin and Bonnie, keep them in prayer. And then we have an unnamed prayer. I don't have permission to give any of the details, but I got an email from somebody in the church and uh, she's really struggling with some issues that her husband is going through. And so um, we want to just remember an unnamed person in the church. I better leave that there. Um, uh, so there you go with that. Oh, yeah, John. Okay, I, I didn't know if I could say that online. Okay, Burke's son, John, has cancer of the uh, colon. And so uh, we need to uh, keep them in prayer as he proceeds forward with surgery and radiation probably and chemo, chemo definitely. Chemo okay, chemo first. And uh, so keep Burke's son, John, in prayer. And you have one too. Oh, okay. I just wasn't sure if I could do that online. So, all right. Heavenly Father, you have heard these requests. You've heard the needs. And uh, I thank you that uh, you are here to help your people through their times of uh, uh, financial difficulty, through their times of uh, uh, worrying about the troubles and the storms of life, including real storms that are really damaging and uh, even dangerous. And uh, Lord, we certainly pray for the people with the health issues and all the other things that uh, have come to your ears from our hearts in the past day. You know, there are many people that are just praying for relief in one way or another, and so we lift them up, Lord. And uh, thank you for the uh, chance to come into your presence and to uh, share in this beautiful word of yours. We're very thankful for it, and we praise you for it, and we just are uh, anticipating uh, more riches out of it until the day that Jesus comes. And so just open your word to us, God. And we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Was that a tire or something? You were talking about the storm. We, I know a fellow, Mike Mann, maybe Tom too, uh, his house was totally destroyed and in. Oh. He was he was up north visiting his relatives and he comes back. And house is gone. Yeah. Wow. And, and he's it, where? Not in Sarasota. Northport. Oh. In Northport. Right here. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. I hadn't heard of any houses being destroyed in Sarasota, so wow. Mike is his name? Mike Mann. Mike yeah. Mann. We'll have to he keep him to in prayer, too. Wow. Holy mackerel. I did not know that. People were standing out there asking what that was. Oh, too, well. So sounded seems sounded like a backfire or maybe a big tire blowing it up did. or something. It, did. it didn't sound cool. like uh, anything um, uh, artillery that? or anything like what that. Just a big explosion. Yeah, no. Mom didn't hear it. She, she heard. Oh, you did. Oh, we don't know. Oh, it could have been my truck getting hit too. That's okay. I'm. Huh? 
Yeah, it definitely wasn't artillery, though. I've been under howitzer fire many times in my life, and I can tell you that wasn't it. I'm kidding. I was never under howitzer fire. Okay, um, we're in the book of Colossians. Um, really thought we'd finish it last week and be into the next book of the Bible, but right. we didn't. So we're in Colossians 3, verse 10 today. Um, let me make sure there's not something else that I should have read. Um, no, Justin's okay. All right, uh, yeah, so... Um, uh, again, please pray. Even if you can't help Joel and Missy Davis, pray. Uh, they're underfunded as it is, and they uh, they have these things that have come up, and uh, so uh, they've asked, and I would hope that other people that they send that message out to also will help them, but uh, it's the year end right now, and we're trying to help all the missionaries we have, all of the, uh, you know, the things that we support, and uh, uh, so if people can help with that, that would be great, great. But, okay, here we go. Uh, Colossians 3, verse 10 is where we are. Yeah, I'm going to go back to the head of the paragraph, All which right. would be verse 5. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil, desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in, in, the, in the life you once lived, but... Now you must rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices. Now for 10. And have put on a new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Okay, a little different, not much. And have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Okay, so there you go with that. Let's see what we have here. <clears throat> Paul, just, yeah, and just so you know, I mean, um, we're talking about the cold and uh, uh, it's going to be cold here in Sarasota. I'm sure everybody here knows that, but if you don't, it's going to get very cold over the next three nights. Uh, 30s for three nights and two days it's not supposed to get above uh, uh, not supposed to get up to 50 two no, days is supposed to be 48 and 49 that's what it said this just two hours 71 ago. pretty much oh he said 70 every day mm -hmm. that's not what they said on that's what they were saying on google okay well google i wouldn't trust them with well, like they, they had the morning numbers right <laughs> yeah i wouldn't trust google with anything but yeah um, i'm just saying <laughs> you, it's cold sorry yeah <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, 3.10, Paul just stated that the believer has put off the old man with his deeds. Now, in contrast to that, he says that we have put on the new man. Jesus uses the same Greek words when speaking of the new wine being put into old wineskins and the new piece of cloth being sewn onto an old garment. The word is uh, for The word for old is a chronological word indicating something ancient. The word for new likewise suggests new in time. It is something that is now revealed which didn't appear before. In other words, we have a complete break from what we were. That's If you take those several words I just analyzed and think about it, it there's a complete break. Okay. Now, I will say this. We, it is a complete break positionally. We are positionally in a completely different category than we used to be. That does not mean that we are in a completely category in our minds, in our actions, in our deeds, but that is what we are positionally, and we are now to strive for what we positionally possess, okay? So I understand people will say, email me, and they'll say, well, you know, I, I'm struggling with this, or I'm struggling with that, and 
that is because we are not perfected yet. And we're in bodies that are broken. We have memories that we can't get out of our heads. We've got addictions that we come to Christ with, and we're working through all of those things in our life. Uh, if you're like me and you get hungry and tired, you get angry or you get frustrated more easily, things like that happen. So I understand that this is a positional break that we have received, and now we are striving to live according to that. Okay, It is something that is now revealed, which didn't appear before. In other words, as I said, we had a complete break from what we were. Such a person then is renewed. Now, you know, the reason why I stress that is because you go into some churches and you hear people talk and they talk as if they have been perfected mm -hmm. and that they have no problems in their life and everything is good and why aren't you like me? That's an arrogant attitude and I've met a lot of people like that, believe me. So yeah, my mom just said so have I and I'm sure everybody else could here could uh, shake their heads as well. And I guarantee you that they go home and they're just as neurotic as everybody else. But they have these airs about them that I'm better than you and I, I'm more superior in Christ because of you. Don't listen to people like that. What you wanna do is talk to the Lord about your own problems and strive with him. Don't worry about what other people are doing, okay? Um, uh, but this is an analysis of what we are in Christ. So, such as a person and he is renewed. The word is actually the present tense and is more accu accurately translated as is being renewed. This word, rather than being new in time, gives a sense of new in quality. We have been made new and therefore we are to be renewed, improving from moment to moment. Everybody see that? We have improved in quality in the eyes of God because of Jesus Christ and now we are to strive to be like that. Yes? You had an NASB, it says, who is being renewed, right? in the black and white. Oh, okay, what does it say? Read it. It says, uh, and you have it put on the, the new self who is being renewed. Oh, there you go. In the true knowledge. Right? Absolutely, the new self who yeah. is being renewed. Very good. All right. Um, the state of this renewal is to be, Paul's words again, in knowledge. There's an object which we are to focus on, and we are to grow in quality towards the knowledge of, of that object. Paul then tells us what that object is by saying this should take place according to the image of him who created. That is the object. That is what we are to be renewed in and towards and like, okay? Um, where was us? He created us. We are to strive to be improved from one stage to the next until we bear the image of Christ. As our knowledge of Christ is at this time to be found solely in the scriptures, then it means that we are to study that marvelous body of writings in order to become more like him. Okay, once again, it's great. You go to church and you listen to it. I listened to a great, great sermon this week by, um, uh, what's the guy, uh, Spurgeon, thank you. Um, uh, and it just came on, you know, after I, I, I turned things on in the morning that I listened to, like um, Daniel in the, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, UK, he reads the daily commentary I do. And so I like to listen to that. And uh, he's getting better and better with it too. It just gets more interesting. And he has his children doing parts in there. It, it's wonderfully done. Anyway, um, uh, then I also read through what Joey posts. She does the scrolling commentary. So I have that going as well. And then sometimes YouTube will automatically select something. Okay, and so all of a sudden Spurgeon comes up and it was so interesting that I just sat and I had it going 
um, while I was doing something. It was a little later because I had the commentary to type first and I couldn't. But he was he did a great, great sermon on the state of the lamb, real lamb, and how it, it emulates us, you know. And he, he talked about all kinds. He must have talked to a, a guy that raised lambs to get all this information. It was really interesting. Anyway, uh, and it, obviously it wasn't read by Spurgeon. He's been dead for like ever. Right. But uh, it's some say. guy with a nice voice that, uh, and you can probably get 15 different people that have read Spurgeon's ser uh, sermons. And that is good. Okay, that I was going to say, you are learning about something that applies right from the Bible. This is what a lamb is like. So when you read the Bible, you can get a mental image of really what Jesus is talking about or what David is talking about when they talk about a lamb. You know, these are lambs, Lord. These are, so you get an idea of it. But having said that, there is nothing to replace reading scripture. So you, if you know everything about lambs in the world, because Charles Spurgeon has told you all about them, that doesn't get you any closer to understanding the relation to what God thinks about humans being lambs. And so you need to read the Bible in order to understand that. So what Spurgeon does is great in a limited sense. He connected it into the Bible, but it's not a full thing about the lamb. So you're not going to understand. All the way from the very beginning of the Bible, it's talking about flocking animals and goats and sheep and all that kind of stuff. And so you will never understand all these things unless you go back and read the Bible. Nothing will replace Scripture. But it's fine to listen to good sermons by people that have taken the time to write them out and to, you know, make sure that they're, they're quality, they're presented right from Scripture and so on. But unless you are actually reading the Word, that's only a very small part of your walk with the Lord. So, I'll read this again. As our knowledge of Christ is, at this time, to be found only in Scriptures. Now, Charles Spurgeon is taking some of Scripture and he's analyzing it and he's reading it and he's also giving these applications about lambs, but you're not getting all of it. It's only in scriptures, then it means that we are to study that marvelous body of writings in order to become more like him. Okay, this is what we should do. And you know, if you're reading the Bible and listening to sermons like that, then you're able to weave the two even closer together. Okay, if you start with sermons and eventually you say, I wanna to listen to the Bible, then you've got the kind of stuff, the ideas, that the sermons we're talking about. And you can say, oh, I understand how the Bible is telling me something now. But one is not complete. I'm talking about the sermons without the other. The Bible is complete in itself because eventually you might want to go do your own study about lambs. And so, once again, scripture, scripture, scripture. That is where we need to be is uh, focused on scripture. Okay, it would make no sense to put off the old man, Paul says, as he said when we have done in the last verse, and then to remain ignorant of what our transformation into the new man means. We've transformed into a new man, he says. Well, unless we know what to do about that, we haven't really done anything, except positionally in God's mind. God has now said, he is a new man, he is in Christ, behold, all things are new to God. But unless we know what to do with that, we're never gonna have the change that we need to have, okay? So, it's fine. Sermons will get you so far, and like I said, for say it week after week, for hundreds or even thousands of years, nobody had their own Bible. It wasn't something that people owned, and so they had to go to church to get their doctrine and to get their instruction. Hopefully, they had a good pastor in the town they were in, because if not, they were just being led down a primrose path somewhere. But um, now that we have Scripture, 
and we've got it in 10 million different formats and it's available everywhere, even free. I mean, how many people here don't have a cell phone other than me? I don't know anybody personally except my dad. He's the only other person I know that doesn't own a phone. Right. You just download the, the Bible and listen to it. I mean, you can get it for free in a thousand different versions too. So uh, we're without excuse we're without excuse to not pick up a Bible and read it. I mean, if you don't have one and you say, I just don't have a Bible and I can't afford it. And I'm talking about people in the U.S., okay? It, for me to send a Bible overseas would not be, it costs like $40 to send a box this big. No kidding. It's very expensive to send things overseas. Oh, hey, that reminds me of something. I've got something here. Um, I'll get back into this in a second. I wanted to say this. I ordered some shirts online and I've had them sitting there. Um, these are really nice. You know the type of shirts I wear on Sunday. They're they're without a, a tie, and they're they're in other words, they're dress shirts, and they're Asian. I've got two of them. And the when I ordered from this company before, they would always, you know, I'd order like a medium, and it would be come up to here. And so I I would send it back, and I need a large, and it'd come to here. And finally, I got to triple XXL. Okay. And that's what the ones I wear on Sunday are, they're Asian people are not that big. Well, I ordered two XXL because it's the same size that I had all of my shirts in. These are like boats on me. Now I'm gonna tell you how big they are. They're big on Sergio. This would have to be somebody that's a big guy, okay? You'd have to be big. So if somebody likes dress shirts, they're both this color. One of them is, here, I'll hold it up. I don't mean to interrupt the Bible class for this, but I want somebody, if you are a big person and you want these and you email and say, send them to me, I will send them in the U.S. only. They're probably too big for Burke. If he wants them, I'll let him try them on, but they're they're big, okay? Um, I will send them to you. I will not send them outside of the U.S. because it just wouldn't be worth it. They're not expensive shirts, but they're very nice shirts, okay? So and when you see them, they're very handsome and uh, like I look every Sunday. Um, so there you go. I've got two of them. I just wanted to get that. What's that? Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, uh, that's because of the beard. The beard really adds to it. So, um, but I wanted to make sure I did that. I'm glad I remembered that because if nobody emails me after today, then I'll just say it again on so, Sunday, but we got to get rid of these. So, um, how can you diplomatically say how large the person should be? Well, they're be? just big. Sergio is, how tall are you, Sergio? 6'3". Six, 6'3", three. Six, three, and they were big on him. Okay. So, uh, this has got to be a, a big person. So and taller than that? Uh, taller and wider. I mean, it's okay. a. It's, How it's many a, Sergios could you fit in that shirt? I, Seven. No, not Seven. that many. Okay, so we got to get back. Let's let's go on. Um, I, I made the announcement. Okay, um, uh, renewed. Um, according to the image of him who created. Okay, let's read that again. It would make no sense to put off the old man, as he said we have done in the last verse, and then to remain ignorant of what our transformation into the new man means. If that were the case, we would actually remain in the state of whatever knowledge we possess. I've been converted, I called on Jesus, and that's where I stay for the rest of my life. And unfortunately, that's the way a lot of people will be because they don't have Bibles. You, somebody in, you know, I go and tell somebody in Uganda, uh, you know, now Isaac is very good in Uganda about handing people Bibles. Mm -hmm. He's got them in his own language, he's got them in English, and that is great. But not everybody there that meets Jesus is going to get their own Bible. How can they convert into the new man actually, even though they are positionally, unless they get instruction? That's why Jesus says, go and make disciples, right? 
make disciples. And that's what we're, we're to be discipling people. We're to be instructing them on the things of God. Okay? You flounder if you're saved and you get, somebody doesn't disciple you. Yeah. I know that. Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. If you don't have somebody to disciple you right away, you will start to flounder. And that will continue on as long as you are either not in the word or not being discipled. That That's the only that's the only option there is. There's nothing else. And so you have to have the word coming into your life and you have to have instruction and people that are mentoring you and how to act responsibly, act in a biblical way and so on. Okay. Um, uh, I think I said this last week. I may have just thought I said it um, because I somebody sent me a clip from Billy Graham this week and, uh, uh, or maybe it was on YouTube. Anyway, um, uh, the one thing he was very good about doing was he would say, okay, if you have received Christ tonight, I would hope that you would go to church on Sunday morning, all right? And, you know, that's kind of opening up the door for anything if you go to a church that isn't a good church. But um, he would say, go to church, and he says, if you need help with your new Christian walk, send us a letter, and we will send you literature. And he said that every single time. I, I don't remember ever watching a Billy Graham crusade growing up where he did not say that, okay? And we will send you something. And so it's just important that, uh, oh, and I didn't finish my sentence. I was so excited about remembering the shirts. If somebody's in America, you're in America, not overseas, and you need a Bible, we'll get you one, okay? That's all there is to it. And I know that you have a Bible. And if you don't have a Bible, you can get them for like $2.99 on Amazon. And I know you order from Amazon or whatever. So Bibles are out there. We are not excused for not reading our Bible. There is no excuse. Huh? You can get them at Sam's. I didn't know that. He said you can get them at Sam's. Well, I'm not a member of Sam's or Costco, so I couldn't get them there. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, we hand them out at the projects, okay? I just ordered another 20 or so uh, a couple weeks ago, and I've handed out several since then. But um, uh, get people into the Word and tell them to read this book. Don't say if you read it. Say when you read it. Read this book. Okay. What version do you buy typically? Uh, well, you know what? I uh, I had a bunch of New King James versions that um, uh, our friends, I don't want to give out their names without permission, but they sent us uh, boxes of them, and then they sent more when I ran out, and I ran out again, and I don't, I don't want to ask people for anything, so I just went out and bought a bunch of them, and I think what I bought this time was NASB. I just went on, and, and they were having a sale on them, and so I got a whole box of them, and when they're gone, I you know, I'm not... I'm less worried about the version than I am about people getting into the Correct. Word. Okay, right. so um, I, I won't give them any of the new NIVs or any of that because they've gone PC and they've changed oh, things. Right. But um, uh, I would prefer to give them the new King James Version if I can get them at a good good rate just because that's what I use when I preach. Sure. But just for consistency's sake. But doesn't matter as much as just as long as we're getting them into people's hands. Um, uh, I'm not one of these people that thinks that you have to have this version and only this version. And let me pick this up. I think, yes, it's going down. Okay, um, let's see here. So we'll go on. Um, uh, without gaining the knowledge of Christ, Jesus, we would by default be new men possessing only an old knowledge. Unfortunately, this is the state of a large portion of saved believers in the world and even in America where they have no excuse they received Christ, and as Burke said, they stagnate. They remain carnal in their thinking, despite having been regenerated in their spiritual selves. Okay, uh, once again, Peter says things, or I'm sorry, Paul says things in the Word, 
like we're regenerated, we're a new man, and people will run with that and say, well, I'm a new man. And they, it, it, kind of that attitude I was talking about earlier, somebody claims something that they are certainly not. Okay, the only way that you are going to be a new man actually is to get into the word and to learn the word, to learn to live for Jesus in the way that he would have us live. And that is through the writings of the apostles. It's through understanding the nature of God and so on. Um, Peter gives instructions in how to avoid this pitfall. In other words, being a new man in an old way of thinking in 2 Peter 1, 9. I've read that quite a few times in the past year. Try reading those verses today. I won't do it today. 2 Peter 1, 2 through 9. So go to 2 Peter and just read, start in verse 1, forget 2. Just read 2 Peter and go down to verse 9. Think about what you're reading, think carefully about what he is saying, and it is step by step taking you through how to develop in Christ. Very simple, very basic things, and at the very end of it, he says, the person that does not do these things, let me read it to you. I'm not going to read you all nine verses. I'm just going to read you the last one. I don't want anybody to, uh, uh, I don't want to misquote Peter in those important verses. But he basically says, the man that does these things is, um, uh, I don't know, 2 Peter 1 and then verse 9. He who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. So Peter agrees right there. He is a new man. He is the new man in God's eyes, but he has forgotten that. And he's still living as the old man. So go read 2 Peter 1, starting in verse 1. Go down to verse 9. Think carefully about what he's saying. This is how you develop. This is how you become mature. Oh, yeah, Voice of the Martyrs. That comes from Karen. Right. To the Muslims. Oh, the Muslims said it to the Christians. Okay. Gotcha. Oh, absolutely. And you know, and people, people know. They know that if a person is sound in Christ, if they know that that person is living properly as Christ would have us, then they know that we are alike. They may deny it outwardly. For them to say that was good, and I'm glad that they did that, but uh, everybody knows. And the pe that's why, I got to tell you what, that is why in this world today, that is why right now in this world today, there is such a railing against Christians in America, in France, in England. Everything Christians do is bad. It's They make up these words to define us that didn't exist a couple years ago. It's because they are becoming more and more depraved every single day. Every day their minds are being more demented and more warped. And they know that we are doing the right thing, and they know that what we are doing is proper. It is sound. And they don't want that. And that's why they are more and more vicious against us every single day of their lives. 
Yeah, I, I saw a, some uh, little twerp uh, up in, uh, I won't say her name, I, I won't even talk about her, but a little twerp congressman from New York, and she's up there talking about things that are utterly vile, okay? Why is she doing that? She's calling the Christians all of these things. It's because she's a demented little twerp. That's why. And because she is, and because she has gone over this deep end, and she sees that we're the light, she hates it. And that's exactly what Jesus speaks about in the Bible. And that's what the other uh, apostles do as well. They speak about the state of people. And as the end times are coming more and more, you see the animosity against Christians developing. And it's not because we've changed one iota. It's because the world is devolving around us. And they don't like that we hold fast to what God has said. They want us to live in their filth and in the things that they do. That's fine. They can do whatever they want. But they're not going to convince me that what they are doing is appropriate. That'll never happen. And the problem is that they've got half of, more than half of the church agreeing with them. And because of that, you've got these denominations. I'll talk about that in the sermon on Sunday. We've got denominations that are so vile now that, that uh, they are going to... Um, I'm, you threw me off when you said I that, do, so don't do that. Um, they, not Sunday. It yeah, can't be Sunday. 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 Okay. Okay. Yeah, so we have... Um, anyway, we've got denominations that are agreeing with them, and because of that, and they know that there are people that are holding fast we become the enemy. That's what I was going to say. Anyway, um, uh, yeah, 2 Peter 1, 9, or 2 Peter 1 gives the instructions. Read those verses today, yes. and uh, I, I, I just, I, I get angry at these people, just thinking about it. Thinking about it. Burke's got something. Go ahead. Genesis 6, 5. Yeah. Then the Lord saw that wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intent and thought of his heart was only evil continually. That's the exact verse I was thinking of while I was saying that. Wickedness on the earth. Yeah. Absolute wickedness on the earth. And that's where we are right now. It's There's nothing that people are doing. I'm talking about the people that have completely fallen away from any sound relationship with the Lord. There's nothing in their head that is decent. Nothing. I'm not talking about the general person on the street. Okay, you got people on the street that don't pay attention to politics. They don't pay attention to the state of the world. They just go to their job and they do their thing. And we are there to evangelize people like that. We are there to uh, try to convert people like that. But there are some people that are so willingly blinded to the things of God that it doesn't matter what you say. Unless they come to their own crisis, their own cataclysm, or their own national uh, destruction, they are never going to change. And they may not even change after that. A wake-up call may do nothing for them. Just like in the Bible. I, the world was wicked. Noah stood there for over a hundred years. You know, I mean, it was a long time. He was telling the people, they didn't want to hear it. Didn't want to hear it. Life application. Each of us is individually responsible for his own walk in the Lord. Are we going forward, seeking to know him more and more each day, or are we going to stagnate and face life's trials with all of the uncertainties that the unregenerate world faces? Let us endeavor to live for the Lord now, grow in him daily, and be pleasing to him when we stand before him at the judgment seat of Christ. That is what we need to do. We need to move forward because we are all going to stand before him and we're going to be accountable for the life that we lived in this body. Not in the CG report.
That's there we go. Yeah, I, I suddenly realized what you were worried about. Not I, we're, not in that. No, something different. Just it's a side comment from uh, something that. Anyway, um, uh, there you go. Uh, once again, let us endeavor to live for the Lord now. Grow in the Lord. Learn His Word. Apply it to our lives, and so on. Um, uh, I was thinking about something. I have a friend that uh, uh, we were at at lunch a week ago, and uh, he was talking about praying for uh, our president. And uh, you said it's the right thing to do. And I will agree with that to an extent. I was thinking about this for the past two weeks. I would agree with that for, and I said the same thing about the previous, not Trump, the one before him. I will pray for their salvation. And I will pray for nothing else. If you want me to pray a prayer for our uh, leadership right now, other than for their salvation, my prayer would be a Davidic psalm of imprecation. That's all I could get out of myself for them. That's it. But I will pray for anybody's salvation. I would hope that uh, these people would turn. I think they're so depraved at this point, it will never happen. I, I just can't see it. And I will be utterly amazed at the power of the Lord uh, if these people humble themselves and change their ways. I, it will just completely blow me away. I just, what's it? I know he was, and he actually had to see the Lord. He actually had to have that. I understand what you're saying. There are people out there that have great conversions. And that's why I say I will pray for the conversion of a person like them. There's nothing else. I won't pray for their prosperity. I won't pray for their well-being. I won't pray for their decision-making. None of those things matter. He can run this nation as well as anybody. But if he is doing it with the same perverse attitude that he has right now, I got nothing. I, I'm sorry, I got nothing. I don't know what's going on out there, but that's the second uh, howitzer explosion in a in a couple of minutes. Um, anyway, we're going to go on to 311. Go ahead. Here, there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. I wonder which one is grammatically correct. This one says slave nor free. Um, anyway, uh, where there is neither, yeah, it's got to be nor, neither nor, right? N and N, is that right? It wouldn't be neither or. It's either or, neither nor. Does yours say neither or either? Mine says and. No, him. Mine says or. <laughs> but before that. Okay, uh, let's see. Here, there is no. Okay, no. So that's a negative. So it should be n no and no or. or. I would think. Okay, just wanted. I'm just curious. Um, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor cir uncircumcised. Barbarian, Scythian, slave, right. nor free, but Christ is all and in all. So it's very close, but I was just wondering, you know, uh, the grammar changes even between here and the UK, and so I, I know we do things differently, and sometimes if you have a British program in your computer, like Microsoft Word or something, they're going to highlight things that aren't wrong or vice versa like they say recognize with an s and we say recognize with a z but neither and nor and either and or is i i think that's the same on both sides of the pond so anyway sorry didn't mean to divert but it just caught my head um paul still showing remarkable consistency with his other letters now gives a verse reminiscent of galatians 3 verse 28 so i'm going to take you there really quickly uh galatians 3 and 28 says, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Okay, now, uh, because we're there in Galatians right now, I will remind you in case you uh, have forgotten it, or I will say it again in case you've never heard it. 
That verse there does not mean that we can have female pastors. I'll read it again. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. I have heard that verse used to say, well, see, we're all one in Christ, and so women can be preachers. And the answer to that is as simple as the nose on your face. Are you a Jew? No, I'm a Gentile. Then there's a difference in categories. Is that a male? No, that's a female. Then there is a difference. He's talking about position in Christ. He is not talking about uh, uh, liberties in Christ. That's exactly right. There are distinctions. There are no distinctions, but there are differences. A female is not to preach or teach or have authority over a man. Actually, drop the word preach. Okay, it says it's not to teach or have authority over a man. That is speaking in religious matters. That verse cannot be used as a verse to justify the unjustifiable. It says elsewhere explicitly that women are not to be in those positions. Therefore, they are not to be in those positions. Um, once again, we'll go on with this verse, though. Galatians 3.28, like in Galatia, he here explains the universality of the gospel message, which is exactly the point that he is making, is that the gospel message is open to any. It's open to all. All people, doesn't matter what color you are, it doesn't matter what country you come from, it doesn't matter, uh, you know, if you're in the White House and a depraved individual, that doesn't matter. You are available to receive the gospel. And I will pray for people in that capacity, but that's about all they're going to get from me. Um, here he explains the universality. The words are in opposite order to those written to Galatia. In Galatia, there was an insipid infection of believing that the Judaizers were more spiritual than those in Galatia. The Judaizers forced their adherence to the Old Testament on the Gentile believers. And those Gentiles swallowed it up. Exactly what's happening in the world today. It, 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 it's all over the world today. If you're from Israel, if you you know have a, a, a knowledge of the Hebrew language, you are immediately a specialist. You don't have to know anything about the Bible, but you are a specialist in everything theology. And that's a very sad place to be, but that's where we are at. There's about uh, eight teachers I know out there that are from Israel, and I would give my... Uh, my last dollar to maybe one of them. The rest of them, I wouldn't give them a nickel, okay? You've got to be very, very careful who you put your trust by. I'll tell you a, a guy that was a Jew, and it was very good. My mom and I went to Israel with him, and he was very sound. He was a great guy with Zola Levitt, okay? Um, he was not an opportunist. He started when Jews weren't even a thing. I mean, he was just, you know, uh, back at the Jews for Jesus time of thing. And he just found out about Jesus and he loved the Lord. He was a great teacher. Okay. But uh, uh, nowadays people are just opportunists and they, I know Hebrew and all of a sudden they're a specialist. Don't follow that path. Okay. Uh, the, this was less problematic in Colossae. They didn't have that Judaizer problem there. And so he says, Greek nor Jew instead of Jew nor Greek. The Gentiles were on the same level as the Jews. As distinctions go, this is where the greatest of all lay in the mind of the Jews. They were on one side, the Gentiles were on the other. The term Greek here is being applied to any non-Jew. Okay, that's just a, the way that Paul spoke. It doesn't mean he's speaking only of Greeks. He's speaking of anybody, but at the time, Greek was the lingua franca of the Roman Empire. And because of that, he just said, anybody that isn't a Jew is a Greek because he's a Greek speaker. So it's, that's just the way that he speaks. It means it, 
it would be the same thing as saying Chinese if you were living in China. Everybody reads Chinese. And so, um, uh, and yes, in China, there are 10,000 different languages, all different dialects, but they all have one written language. Okay. So if you know Mandarin or if you know Cantonese, which are completely different, they still have the same written language. So they can communicate in writing, even if they can't speak to each other. So just so you know that. Um, yeah, it is. Anyway, um, uh, let's see here. Because of the conquest of Alexander. Oh, here it is. I did. Because of the conquest of Alexander, the Greek culture, influence, and language had permeated the known world, which is what Paul is referring to. Within that sphere, the Jews remained Jews, though. In order to then show that this is that this distinction was now void, he begins his list with this. To the Colossians, it was an admonishment that they were not to look to the Jews for their doctrine, but to God. They were not to insert the false teachings of the Judaizers, but to submerge themselves in the truth of the gospel. This is what Paul is telling them. It's what he told all the way through the book of Galatians, and he says it in his other epistles as well. You know, if you look at the typology that we have been looking at since Genesis 1, and you go all the way through the law of Moses, you go through Deuteronomy, you get into Joshua, the most prominent typology that you will see, and you see it again and again and again, is law. That it, it is contrary to the nature of God. And almost all of the typology, go to Genesis 34, and you had uh, Simeon and Levi that killed the whole town, and yet it was, it was a picture of the law. Okay, all of these things are brought up again and again and again in different ways because the Lord wants us to understand that there is only one way to be reconciled to him, and that is through grace, through his accomplishment of all things. And so when you see this typology and it just keeps getting repeated and repeated, I was listening to Judges today, and here I'm listening uh, about uh, Samson, and I'm trying to figure out in advance just exactly what Samson is picturing. And I bet when we get there, it's going to have something to do with law, okay? I don't know. I mean, there's 10,000 different uh, opinions on what Judges is telling us, and I don't want to read any of them. I don't want to read any of them before I get there. And the reason why is because I want to go there unbiased, okay? Once you've read something, you say, it's it's easy. Oh, you know what? I've got an answer, and so I don't need to do the study on Monday. I don't want to do that. So I've got people that will, when I say something like this right now, I'll say, I'm kind of curious about the the typology of Samson. I'll get home and I'll have 40 emails from people saying, oh, here it is. I don't want that because 99% of the time they're wrong. It's just they've taken a story and they've inserted something in there and I don't want to do that. So I don't want to be infected by that. So don't send me anything on Samson, but I was thinking about it today while I was driving, but I'll bet you there's law involved in it. Anyway. He then further defines this category by saying circumcised or or nor uncircumcised. The addition is not unnecessary. One could say being a Jew may not be a big distinction anymore, but being circumcised is. Uh, you know what? While I was thinking about the Bible and I was using the chainsaw this morning and I was working and um, uh, a lady told me, I'm going to say something. It's so embarrassing for me because I'm not a real safety conscious guy, but she saw me working in a dumpster uh, in one of the videos that came out recently. And she was so worried that I was going to hit myself and uh, with the chainsaw on my leg and bleed out. And so she insisted she wanted to buy me a pair of chainsaw chaps. Okay. <laughs> and 
Hey, listen, I tell you what, I, I told her I will go buy some. And I did. And uh, then she, I, I could strangle her. She sent me the money for it anyway. Here, I wanted to pay for it. I'm like, okay, whatever. So she sent me the money for the chaps. Thank you very much for that. I, I very much appreciate it. I wore them today and they were not bad at all. I felt like a cowboy out there. But uh, you know what? Uh, I, I'll tell you what happened. This is funny. I told this to Sergio. The what? I wear my gloves every time. Don't want to do that again. And this was so funny though. I had, I was out there working this morning and um, I was behind Davidson's. It's the last piece of uh, property that I have to take care of with trees still down. And, and there are, it's just a mess back there because there are Australian pines and they're just broken everywhere. So I'm cutting them up and I, I saw a couple of families coming together to the uh, the Twisted Mango, the breakfast place. And so if they're going there, they're tourists because only tourists go there because they're looking for breakfast. So um, a couple of families and they had all of these children. And so I know it's a couple of families that were visiting Siesta Key together. And they walked up and I'm working and they have all these old children and they're looking. And I thought they just want to see what it's like a guy using a chainsaw. And so I'm out there chainsawing, and eventually I let the chainsaw stop so I could move some brush. And the guy yells at, he said, we just wanted to know if you really didn't wear shoes. <laughs> They've been watching Sergio's video. They saw it, and then they saw, hey, there's the guy from the video. And I said, that's the one thing that will never happen. And I told the lady that got me these chaps, I said, don't send me in chainsaw shoes because that will be a waste of money. Anyway, little fun story for you there. The what? Whatever. No boots, no shoes. I'm sorry. I, 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 I listen. I, I, I draw the line there. I wore my chaps proudly today, and I had my, uh, my gloves on. But, huh? Today? Uh, no, that's not on video. But I did wear. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'll do that. Okay. So, um, barefoot cowboy. Yeah. It was. It was. I felt good wearing them. I didn't feel like I was betraying any, any. Do you wear goggles? No, no goggles. And you know, if I no, if I wear goggles, they get fogged up and it's more dangerous. It's terrible. Never wear goggles. No, I'm not getting into all that. No, that's okay. We got to go on. Um, uh, the, the Colossians. It was an admonishment that they were not to look to Jews for their doctrine, etc. I read that. Okay, so uh, circumcised nor uncircumcised. Um, uh, Paul spent a great deal of time on the issue of circumcision in Galatians, but he has not done so in this letter. Therefore, he is noting simply and directly that the right of physical circumcision means nothing. Yeah, that's right, zip. It means absolutely nothing. His next words say, barbarian, Scythian, slave, nor free. The barbarian is an uncultured person. In comparison to others, he is uncivilized, unpolished, and looked at as contemptible. In the world at large, such a person would be considered less notable. But in Christ, all are on the same level. The word barbarian comes from the uh, uh, the sound. Barbar. Uh, barbar. And so it, it's the sound. When you listen to somebody that speaks another language and you haven't tuned into that language yet, it just sounds like gibberish. And so they would call barbarians barbar. They're just, they're people from out in the country. And anyway, okay. And I'll give you another example. It wasn't this morning. It was yesterday, I believe. Okay. I'm going to read this again. I'm going to give you another example. In comparison to others, he is uncivilized, unpolished, and looked at as contemptible. Now, remember that when I tell you this next story. I was at 7-Eleven yesterday. I'm sure it was yesterday, not two days ago. Um, 
I was doing my regular thing. I've got no shoes on. I've got my old ripped up pants and my Anna shirt that's got holes in it. I'm not wearing a tuxedo to pick up cigarette butts, okay? So I'm out there and I'm picking them up. It's cold. And so uh, my hair hasn't been brushed. So I obviously looked like a homeless guy. I actually had, it happened a couple years ago. It happened this week, last week. Uh, I was picking up the cigarette butts and somebody handed me some cigarettes and said, here. I said, no, 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 I'm picking them up. I'm cleaning. They thought I was looking for something to smoke. So I said, I appreciate it, but I don't smoke. Um, but this guy came up and he saw me picking up all this junk out there. And he went into the store and he said, what's that homeless guy doing out there? True story. And so I walked in to get the mat to shake it off outside. And she's in there telling him about, oh, he's a preacher. She said, yeah, he's got a video. And she's writing down the name of the video in there. And he walked up and he said, I was absolutely sure that I had seen a true homeless man. And that's what he, 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 he pointed right at me like that. And so there you go. Think of those words again. You're a decoy. Uh, he is uncivilized, unpolished, and looked at as contemptible. So people make value judgments they based do. on how you look and what you're doing. Sure. And in the end, you know, I mean... Yes, she does. She makes value judgments also. Okay, in the world at large, such a person would be considered less notable, but not in Christ. All are on the same level. Okay, so there you go. I was out there and I was uh, uh, in the mall, not at 7-Eleven. This is also this morning. And they were pressure washing the place. And I'm walking along with my yellow bucket, you know, and nobody knows what the bucket's for. That's to pick up garbage to put in there. Uh, so anyway, and the guy... I, he turns around with this pressure washer and he sees me and goes, oh my goodness. And I said, all right, that's okay. I said, I'm just to get the garbage. And he was like, oh, he's not here to kill me or something. So um, I was taking out the garbage and he was waiting while I was doing that. And then we started talking and uh, I, I said, he said, how long have you done this? I said, about 30 years now. And he said, that's unreal. And we were just talking and finally I said, I just do this to keep my girlish figure. I said, I'm actually a pastor. Oh, he lit up like a candle. He's a Christian kid. He loves the Lord. What's your church? And blah, 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 blah. Oh, it was great. So uh, all in Christ are on the same level. Could be a pastor in a church that picks up garbage, or it could be somebody that is pressure washing. That person is on the same standing as everybody else. Don't make value judgments based on how somebody looks or the low job they seem to be doing. That's safety. That's safety. Yeah. I had a friend. We joke to each other that you're a scientist and I, I can't put it. Right. And I read about them. They're just like you described. This oh, yeah. I mean, they're bad. Absolutely. Really bad. I wonder if I talk about them. I don't know if I do, but we'll find out in a minute. But yeah. Um, yeah, there it is. Um, a person would be, yes. Okay, this is the only time the Scythian is noted in the New Testament. They were those people who lived on the north and northeast coast of the Black and Caspian Seas. The region extended well into Asia. It included the lands of the Mongols and Turks of our more modern age. They were considered a savage people and were uncivilized and ferocious. However, even such seeming enemies of the cultured areas of Paul's evangelism were to be considered on the same level as if they were in Christ. If they are Christians, they are on the same level as everybody else. Paul finishes the list with slave nor free. The free people of the Roman Empire were considered on a completely different level than the slaves. The distinction was so great that Paul's words here could hardly be imagined by either class when considering 
the, the other, okay? A slave would look at their masters and say, I could never be like them. And the masters would look at their slaves and say, that person will never be like me. They're, nobody could even imagine it. And yet, Paul is saying that you're all one in Christ, okay? Um, and, and, you know, you look at Philemon. That's why Paul had to make this great appeal for Onesimus is because of the the distinction between them and the fact that this guy had done something wrong to Philemon and he's saying, I'll pay the debt myself, you know? So it was a great, great, great distinction, probably even greater than Jew and Gentile. It was just one of those things in the Roman mind that these are slaves and that's all they will ever be, okay? Uh, but once in Christ, the distinctions were removed. The letter of, oh, here it is. The letter of Philemon gives important insights into this. Okay, so these distinctions, these cultural and ethnic and whatever other dis distinctions, they don't mean anything to Jesus. It doesn't matter if you're in a big house with a lot of money or if you're in a small hovel. If you're in Christ, you're in Christ. That's all that matters to him. And what does Jesus say? You know, the, 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 Jesus, the things that we think are important, the Lord finds contemptible or an abomination. I'm forgetting the exact quote, but, you know, the things that we put a high value on don't mean anything to him. They don't mean anything at all. He's the one that created these things. We just make tinker toys like cars and stuff, and we think that's the, the cat's meow and the bee's knees when it's nothing. It's just, and you look at, you know, you look at people that have a car, and it comes out, and it's this great thing, and, oh, I just, oh, I want to have that car. And 20 years later, the thing is just junk. I wouldn't own one of those. It doesn't even have air conditioning or, you know, whatever. It's just, it's just temporary stuff. That's all it is. It's a life of temporary stuff. Money. Money. Don't get involved in that. Just keep your eyes on Christ. And don't worry about your station in this world. It doesn't matter at all. If it did, I wouldn't be out at 7-Eleven picking up cigarette butts, okay? If it mattered, I'd be wearing shoes and I'd be, you know, it doesn't matter. I don't care what people think about me. It doesn't make any difference at all. I like the way I live. I'm happy with it. I'm content. That's all that matters. And that's what you should do. If you're in Christ and you're content, be content. Okay, after the list, Paul then finishes with, here it is, but Christ is all in all. The presence of Christ in a believer is all that matters. In him, all distinctions are swept away and all are on an equal playing field. We cannot hold grudges against race, creed, culture, ethnicity, and so on by saying that they are not deserving of Christ. All are and all are welcome. You know, the fallacy of the uh, of the ethnicity deal, the um, uh, thing we're going through right now with uh, racism and all that, the fallacy of that is watching or listening to a person like Thomas Sowell. Thomas Sowell is a great thinker. I don't know if he's a Christian or not, and that's not the point here. The point is that he is a great, great thinker. Yes. He's conservative. He is a person that anybody that is normal brained would say, this is a great man. He is a great, great person. And what does the left do? They excoriate him. He's an Uncle Tom. He's this and these. It tells you that the racial distinctions that are set up in this world today do not exist except in the minds of the people that want them to exist. Okay. That's all there is to it. When you take a person like that and you say, well, he's, he's, listen, he's a great thinking person. And anybody that looks at his skin color and says he's not qualified because he's black is a racist. But the people that say that he's not qualified because he's a conservative are more racist, way more racist. So uh, we need to remember these things. Is that what Paul is saying here is actually valid. 
100% in our walk today. Thomas Sowell. He's been a conservative talk radio host for years. You can go on YouTube, and he's an old man now, and they, they do interviews with him. And he just talks with these, these people, and he will tell you things that you have never heard, ever. S-O-W-E-L-L. He's, he is an absolutely wonderful thinker. He's, a, he's like a Dennis Prager, okay, but he's, he's a, a black guy. And he is despised by the left because he is a great conservative thinker. So that shows you that what's going on is, has no bearing on anything. Nothing. Okay, it, it, nothing. Oh, all right. Oh, look at that. Hey, look at that. Um, is that you making all those explosions out there? Oh, people are setting off fireworks. Oh, for Christmas, uh, of course. Okay. I had no idea. Boy, that's been going on for a while, and we're wondering what is going on out there. Oh, that top box is yours. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, where are we? Um, uh, I forgot where I was, and we were talking, and then we got that explosion, and everything went crazy again. Mom's out running out the door, and cats and dogs are... Okay, um, male or female. Um, oh, all in all, that's where we were. It is a note that Paul does not include male nor female. He doesn't include that in this list like he did in Galatians, okay? This may have been considered a problem in Galatia, and so Paul addressed it to ensure that it was understood that women were on an equal footing concerning salvation. However, in the Greek culture, this was not a problem. In fact, including them could cause the possibility of the growth of licentiousness. The attitude of men towards women might jump to an unintended extreme. Therefore, Paul simply left the matter unstated. It was important, uh, once again, because you guys were talking, what was going on is that the Jews held women on a different level than men. Okay, and so that's why they he was very clear about putting male and female in there. Whereas on the other hand, the Greeks did not have that. I mean, they they obviously had their sexes and their classes, but they weren't in a subservient position the way that they were there. And so Paul had, does not need to address that. Okay, so um, understanding these things, are you leaving? Oh, okay. Understanding these things, his words of this verse actually imply that these distinctions still exist in the world in which we live. When naming categories, it shows that categories are there to name. No one reading his words would say that person isn't circumcised if he was actually circumcised. The same is true with those who are slaves and those who are free. The differences exist but Paul's point is that they have no bearing on being in Christ. And yet, those who believe the church has replaced Israel ignore the categories that Paul mentions first, Greek and Jew. In doing so, replacement theologians have, made, have even made the claim that those in the church are the true Jews. That's what R.C. Sproul's stand was, even if they're Gentiles. Okay, This is both unbiblical and it is irrational. Okay, I will say something about that. I was thinking about this just today. I'm going to take you back to Exodus chapter 12. I'm taking you back to Exodus chapter 12. What is in Exodus chapter 12? Anybody? Uh, no, Exodus chapter 12. They haven't left Egypt yet. Yeah, It says here, um, uh, where is it? I want to find it here. I know it's in Exodus 12, so you've got to just bear with me for a minute. And it says... Um, Servants called for them. It's in the instructions. Passover. 
uh, Lord will pass through. Your sons shall keep the service. Um, all right, I'm going to find it. I know it's in chapter 12. Hang on. Whoever eats on the seventh day, this will be to you for an ordinance. Now the blood, you're now, okay, do not eat it with, for I will pass through. I'm looking for the point where it says that uh, a person who eats the Passover, uh, he shall be circumcised and eat the Passover, and uh, he shall be reckoned among you. I know it's in chapter 12. I probably looked it over three times now, but I'm going to find it. Um, 38. 38, okay. 48. I, 48. Hang on, 43. There it is. Yes, thank you. Okay, I'm going to read you this. Now think of this. When a stranger dwells with you and wants to keep the Passover to the Lord, let all his males be circumcised. Okay? First thing is to be circumcised, and then you eat the Passover. What does Paul say about circumcision in the New Testament, Romans chapter 2? But not, not, not physical circumcision. The heart. The heart. The heart. And then what does he say in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 about the Passover? Speaking to Gentiles. Christ, our Passover, is crucified for us. Gentiles are brought into the commonwealth of Israel. Everybody see that? We are circumcised, even though it's not a physical circumcision, and we have partaken of the Passover of Christ. That does not mean that we have replaced Israel. I just got done saying that. We are brought into the commonwealth of Israel, but we are not circumcised. I'm talking about physical circumcision, which is required by the law and by their custom from, from the time of Abraham for them to be Jews. So it is a category mistake to say we are the true Jews because we have accepted Jesus. We are brought in as a foreigner and we are a part of the commonwealth of Israel, even though we are Begins with the G, ends with Gentiles. Anybody? Gentiles, that's right. Okay, so keep that in mind, is that we are Israel in the sense that we are a part of the collective Israel. We are not Israel, the people. We are not Jews, according to the flesh. Okay, and that's why we need to make the distinction, or we end up with replacement theology, or all of these other crazy theologies that people seem to want to bring up. Okay, so... Um, where was that? Yes, um, uh, it is both unbiblical and it is irrational. Okay, now before I read our life application, I got one more paragraph than life application, and I'm going to disappoint some people online, but we are going to close early tonight. And the reason why is because somebody just walked in with a giant thing of pizza, and we have to finish that before we leave, and it may take all night. So we're going to do that, but I want to thank Bill Kaufman. He sent us money for it. And also, Rod and Paula sent us money for it, okay? And so, there'll be a little bit left over next time, and then we, we got somebody else that gave us some money for pizza, too. But that that uh, I want to thank those two right now very much for that. And then, um, th there's a little left over from what the both of them gave us, and because uh, we get a big thing of pizza. It's it's good. It's like this thick, and it's... Uh, I'm sorry. I don't mean to make you hungry if you're at home and... Okay. To state the name... Uh, to state the names implies there is a difference. Jew, Gentile, male, female, circumcised, uncircumcised, Barbian, slave, uh, Scythian, slave, free. If you state it, there is a difference. Though there is now no distinction between them in Christ. There is a difference between them in the world. The church's 
not comprised of only Jews. Everybody got that. Jew, Gentile, all one in the commonwealth of Israel, which is Christ. Okay? Life application. If you are a Jew in Christ, you remain a Jew. If you are a Gentile in Christ, you remain a Gentile. There is no distinction between the two, but the differences remain. Don't call yourself what you are not. Okay, we're going to circle this. We'll have a prayer. I uh, am very appreciative for the uh, folks that uh, paid this uh, uh, pizza for us. We're grateful. And uh, uh, if anybody can help Joel and Missy, that would be great. Please remember to pray for the people we mentioned at the beginning of the service. And let's thank the Lord that uh, Justin, that boy with the kidney operation, is okay, but he's still struggling. So let's continue to pray for him as well. Heavenly Father, we're very grateful to you for the blessings of this life. We're thankful for what uh, this season represents to us and for the coming, the incarnation of Jesus Christ, our Lord, the one who came to redeem us from the world, to lead us back to you. And we're so grateful for that. And uh, we pray that uh, many people will think about what this season means in the next couple days and not get too caught up in, in gifts and all that kind of stuff, but to focus on the truth of what God has done what you have done, O oh God, in Christ. And we thank you for the uh, the blessing of the food that we're about to have. We ask that you bless that. We thank you. We love you. We praise you. We exalt you. And we do so in Jesus' beautiful name. Amen. Amen. All right. Let's back it up and say goodbye to the folks online. And uh, we'll be, I'm not going to wish you all a Merry Christmas because we'll be seeing you on Christmas. I know that you're going to be here or you're going to be where. Okay, let me break. All right.